could have been born at any time in history, and the Most High Yahuwah chose for us to be here and now, a time when knowledge has increased and many go to and fro. We find ourselves in the time of the end according to the book of Daniel, and as we have seen, comes with both blessings and spiritual trials like no other. The book of Revelation, the field manual to the end times, tells us what to expect and how to prepare but was obscured from the generations with parables and hidden understandings just waiting for these last days to be unsealed. While we may also not get everything right, we will be leaning on the spirit of truth of the Most High, Yahuwah Sebaoth, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, to reveal to us the proper understanding. For who knows if you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream revelation decoded line by line series. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. This is part 24, uh, to which we'll be going over the second half of Revelation chapter 16. Last week we did kind of the first portion, and uh, this week we'll be finishing out chapter 16. Next week, moving on to Mystery Babylon. And uh, so we have a lot to cover, so let's uh, get right to prayer, ask the Most High to bless this study, and get right into it, because we have, we have a lot to cover. I'm redundant already, so. Heavenly Father, Most High, uh, we just come before you and your Son, Yahusha's name, and we thank you first and foremost for salvation through Messiah and what he did for us in his offering. We also thank you for opening our eyes to your truth in these last days, that we may hearken to your voice as you've so commanded the children of Israel for all generations. We thank you for the ability to gather like this together um, all across the four corners of your earth, and we just we ask that you uh, protect this, um, this uh, platform that we can gather like this until that very last day. Nevertheless, we ask you to open our eyes and ears to hear your words and that we may hearken, understand, and may um, obey. We love you, we bless you, in Yahushua's name, Amen. Okay, let's get right into it. we got a lot to cover. I want to just reread uh, the first portion of chapter 16, and uh, we'll get right into uh, our portion tonight, which will start at verse 12. Revelation 16, we'll be reading from the Sefer version, but we will be cross-referencing with many translations tonight. Revelation 16, I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of Yahuwah upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are righteous, O Yahuwah, which are 
and was and shall be, because you have judged thus. For they have shed the blood of Kodeshim and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Yahuwah Elohim Tsevaot, true and righteous are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of Yahuwah, which has power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. And blasphemed the name of blasphemed Yahuwah of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And now we're going to get into what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll, uh, we'll be talking about verse 12 for actually quite a bit. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Parath, which is Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now this is a very interesting uh rabbit trail we're going to go down here for a second and talk about who are the kings of the east we did talk about this um i don't know maybe a few months ago maybe right in the middle maybe it was a chapter when we were in chapter eight or chapter nine i can't remember we actually talked about this uh, i think it might have been chapter eight when we went over um um some related stuff we talked a little bit about this so some of you uh, this may be a review for a lot of you this may be new um, and by the way if you any if you want to catch up with this series again this is part 24 but you know each part is kind of its own discussion because we're literally going over the verses that we're reading so you don't have to watch the previous ones but if you want to go back and kind of go through the entire book of revelation line by line um, there's always a uh, a link for that in the description box uh, or you can just go to the playlist section of the channel and kind of catch up if you'd like so we're going to talk about the river drying up and the kings of the east so first let's take a look at the Greek that was used here, it's pretty interesting, and we're here at uh, Strong's Concordance, which isn't the end-all be-all, but I will say it is a great study tool uh, to kind of take a look at the Greek word or the Hebrew words, see how they were used in other verses, uh, get the kind of definition of them. So here we are, Revelation 16, 12, it says, the way of the kings of the east, and you can actually see there's two Greek words being used here. So the first one, um, Anatole, that definitely does mean from the east. And I think this verse was used in Matthew 2, yeah, when it says, um, we have seen his star in the east. So that's the first word used here for the kings of the east. And the second word is Helios, which is sun. So yeah, so really what this verse should be saying, if it was properly translated, it would actually read that the way of the kings of the eastern sun might be prepared. Now, this is actually ties into last week's study. We talked quite a bit about the parallel of the brightness of the sun. We saw how that reflected um, not only Messiah, of course, because it said, you know, we know we learned in the book of Matthew that on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration that his face did shine like the sun. Um, but not only that, in Revelation, it said that his face shone as the sun. We saw a lot of things actually, and also in the book of Matthew, it's I think Matthew 24, it said, then the righteous shall shine forth uh, in the, the brightness of the kingdom. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but it said also that uh, the righteous would shine forth. We saw a lot of parallels in the book of Enoch about uh, how they would shine forth like uh, fiery, like bright lights. Um, we know that New Jerusalem uh, will be uh, like a light to the nations. A, a city on a hill cannot be hid. Um, so there's a lot of parallels there with Messiah, 
his people. Basically, the kingdom is the bright light uh, that will be shining upon the earth, whilst the beast in this kingdom will be full of darkness. And we know that light is likened to the Torah and the keeping thereof, and darkness is, quite frankly, the opposite, lawless and the not keeping of the Torah thereof. So there's going to be a lot of parallels in this right here, and I kind of want to share that with you. So first of all, we have to remember, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a river being dried up so that the way of the kings and probably the armies that follow with uh, can uh, cross over. So uh, is it also uh, one thing, actually I didn't include this in the study, but um, let us not forget that, that uh, those who would be found righteous will be made kings and priests unto the Most High. So a couple of refreshers from last week. Uh, Revelation 1.16, and he had it in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Matthew 13.43, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Revelation 12.1-2, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun so you've got new jerusalem literally shining forth as the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars which is the 12 tribes of israel um, and she being with child cried travailing at birth and pain to be delivered and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto elohim and to his throne we know that promise was given to messiah and also to his righteous that hearkened to his word revelation 2 to, uh, 25 through 27, and that which ye have already hold fast till I come, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And uh, Malachi 4, 1 through 4, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith Yahweh Sevaot, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. And the day that I shall do this, saith Yahweh Sevaot. Remember ye the law of Moshe, the Torah of Moshe, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with statutes and judgments. So a couple of things uh, we see, of course, the Son of Man, Yahusha, um, the, being considered here the Son of Righteousness. And this word uh, is the word for the Hebrew word for Son. And you can see here that... Um, yeah, it's quite the devastation going on. So that's uh, a lot about what we're going to be talking tonight. Talking about tonight. So who are these people? Let's identify it through the prophets, if you will. And actually, I, I say prophets. Isaiah really kind of expounds on this. So Isaiah 11, 11 through 16. So remember, we're talking about um, the river being dried up for people to go over. Now, um, what has history told us about rivers being dried up for people to cross over? Uh, we saw that, of course, in the Exodus, we saw the Red Sea being dried up. We also saw the Jordan being dried up for uh, Joshua and his army to go over. Uh, we also saw the river dried up for Elijah, Eliyahu, uh, and we also saw right afterwards Elisha, uh, his um, his understudy, um, who actually became uh, very great in the land, of course, as well. 
um, if not even did more miracles than Elijah did. But anyways, point being is that we continuously see the rivers are dried up for the Most High's people, period. Isaiah 11, 11 through 16, And it shall come to pass in that day that Yahuwah shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. So all across the, the world. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations. This is a term we're going to be talking about uh, actually a few times tonight. And for those of you that went uh, with me line by line in the Isaiah study, we did an entire study just on this ensign, which, long story short, I believe, is the 144,000. So he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So here we're looking at the the great regathering, as the book of Jeremiah says twice, that no more will people of the earth talk about the old uh, Exodus. They're going to be talking about the Exodus where people came from everywhere. <clears throat> the envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Yehudah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Yehudah, and Yehudah shall not vex Ephraim. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines towards the west they shall spoil them of the east together they shall lay their hand upon edom and upon moab and the children of ammon shall obey them and yahuwah shall utterly destroy the tongue of the egyptian sea and with his mighty wind he shall shake his hand over the river which the it's called in euphrates it's called the great river right uh, does it say that here yeah poured out his vial upon the great river euphrates so over the river and shall smite it in the seven streams and make men go over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people. So that's what he's talking about. Which shall be left from Assyria like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. So here he's likening that this is like the same thing that's going to happen again, right? Isaiah 41, 1 through 5. Keep silence before me, O islands. And let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let them come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east? Right? This is what we're talking about here. So again, um, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the river Parath, Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So who raised up the righteous man from the east, calling him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword, and as driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them, he passed safely, even by the way he had not gone with his feet. Who hath wrought it and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I, Yahweh the first, and with the last, I am he. The isle saw it, which just tells us, you know, even just the remotest part of parts of the world see this. The isle saw and feared, and the ends of the earth were afraid, drew near, and came. And just skipping a couple verses to going to go 8 through 16. But you, Israel, are my servant, Yaakov, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto you, You are my servant. I have chosen you, and cast you not away." Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy Elohim. I will strengthen you, yea, I will help you, yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with you shall perish. 
You shall seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contend with you, they that war against you shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, Yahuwah, will hold your right hand, saying unto you, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, I will help you, saith Yahuwah, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now here's the kind of the point. The, the, the way the... The river is being dried up. Why? For the armies to pass over. It's exactly what happened in the Red Sea, because we know that the the men were counted. Six hundred twenty thousand footmen was the army of uh, the army of Israel. And same thing with Joshua. The river being dried up, uh, so that they go over and do what? Um, take care of business. And that's exactly what's happening here. And he's saying, Behold, I will make you a new thresh, sharp threshing instrument having teeth. You shall thresh the mountains, which is there are the exalted people, the kings, the mighty, uh, the nations, and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. You shall fan them and the wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. And you shall rejoice in Yahuwah and shall glory in the Holy One of Israel. So as I continue to go through this, um, you know, one thing to just think of, we really need to shift our fear away from what's coming on this earth and we have to realize that we serve the orchestrator of all this we don't need to fear the 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 so-called elite and their plans and their one world order plans and mm -mm. here's the deal yahuwah gives his people power to overcome the nations as they did before. So just as the people of the land spied out the land and saw the giants and they're like, oh, we can't do this. It's just, you know, the enemy's just too big. So it's like, who cares? Who cares about this new world order? You know, them, them gathering all the armies together. Who cares? We serve the living Elohim. Let us learn from uh, what happened with the 12 spies and how the evil report and the wickedness that came from that. We need to stop looking at how big the giants are, how big the, the new world order is, and we just need to put our fear and our rest in the Most High because, quite frankly, what I think the study is going to show you is those that uh, love him, keep his commandments, and put their trust in him, wait on him, watch for him, um, the sword's going to be put in their hand to take care of business. That's what we're going to see right here. And this isn't like, a oh, Adam's bloodthirsty, so he just can't wait to read all these scriptures. No, uh, quite frankly, though, this is... What is going to happen for those that are righteous and those that are found ready? And uh, quite frankly, when you think about these, the fear of the people of this earth, I actually kind of feel bad for them for what's gonna what's coming. But then again, when you think of all the stuff they do behind the scenes, no. No, I don't feel that sorry. Isaiah forty one twenty five through twenty seven. I have raised up one from the north, and he shall come from the rising of the sun. He shall call upon my name, and he shall come upon princes as upon mortar, and as the potter treadeth the clay, who hath declared from the beginning that we may know, and before time that we may say he is righteous. Yea, there is none that showeth. Yea, there is none that declareth. Yea, there is none that heareth your words. The first shall say to Zion, Behold, behold them. And I will give to Jerusalem one that brings good tidings. So obviously this is uh, talking about Messiah uh, coming from the rising of the sun. So this is really going in, uh, tying into last week's study and to this week's study that this sun parallelism, um, you know, it's uh, it's tying into Messiah and his righteous people that are with him. Isaiah 61 through 11, this is talking all about New Jerusalem, which we've talked about before, is also synonymous with his people because... Uh, his righteous, those that will be found ready, um, 
ready and righteous, they're like building blocks of New Jerusalem. They're like jewels that are encrusted on it. They're pillars, uh, as Revelation 3 says, inside of it. Isaiah 60, 1 through 11, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of Yahuwah is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And that's what we talked about last week. The, the kingdom of the beast shall be filled with darkness. So darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness, the people... But Yahweh shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you, and the Gentiles, the nations, shall come to your light. That's right. Remember the woman clothed with the sun, this brightness? And kings, to the brightness of thy rising, lift up thine eyes round about, and see all they gather themselves together. They come to you. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then you shall see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto you. The forces of the nations shall come unto you. The multitude of camels shall cover you. The dromedaries of Midian and the ephah and all they from Sheba shall come. So basically everybody. They shall bring golden incense, right? It's the same stuff they brought Messiah, Yahusha. Um, yeah, golden incense because it was frankincense, myrrh, and gold. So uh, incense could cover both uh, frankincense and myrrh. So interesting. And they shall show forth the praises of Yahuwah. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto you. The rams of Nebaoth, Nebaoth this is, um, now you're talking about Arabians here. Uh, they shall come up with acceptance on mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. And these, and who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? Surely the isles shall wait for me in the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them unto the name of Yahuwah thy Elohim and to the Holy One of Israel. And remember, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they came loaded with treasures, with gold, with silver. So maybe this time it'll be the nations bringing the gold and silver uh, to his righteous people and to the kingdom. Because he hath glorified you. And the sons of the stranger shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto you. For in my wrath I smote you, but in my favor have I had mercy on you. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto you the forces of the nations, and that their kings may be brought. So that's a little peek into uh, what's going on here and who these people are. And it's one more, it's interesting, one more, uh, one more, um, um, portion here this is the um this is the targums of the book of isaiah which is pretty interesting here and it actually let's go page 160 and it says here this is uh, chapter what is this chapter 46 Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Who hath promised to gather together the captivity from the east to bring openly as a swift bird the sons of Avraham, my chosen from a distant land? Yea, I have promised it. Yea, I will bring it to pass. I have ordained it. Yea, I will do it. So again, what are we talking about here? Um... Uh, the angels pouring the, the upon the river uh, Euphrates that the water of the river was dried up that the key, way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And so that's what's talking right here. So who hath promised to gather together the captivity from the east to bring openly as a swift bird the sons of Avraham, my chosen, from a distant land? Yea, I have promised it. Yea, I will bring it to pass. I have ordained it. Yea, I will do it. Hearken unto my word. And this is 
one of the most amazing things about the Targums is the word Messiah is all over it in the, the Torah, um, the Psalms, uh, Isaiah. It's just absolutely amazing. So hearken unto my word, right? And it's capitalized for a reason. Ye stout-hearted that are far from righteousness, my righteousness is nigh, it is not far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. <clears throat> and I'll place salvation in Zion and my glory in Israel. So just absolutely amazing. Um, one other thing, this is uh, Enoch uh, chapter, what is this, 93. And uh, this is the vision of weeks, and it basically goes over the entire story of man all the way to the end. So here, we'll start here just to kind of put things in perspective. And after that, in the sixth week, all who live in it shall be blinded. This is the time uh, after coming back from Babylon the first time, and uh, or coming back from Babylon after 70 years, and uh, they just have, uh, it's it's never been, it was never the same. Um, so all the hearts of them shall be godlessly forsake wisdom, and in it a man shall ascend. This is Messiah, Husha. And at its close, the house of dominion shall be burnt with fire. This is Jerusalem being built with fire. And the whole race of the chosen root shall be dispersed. So this is the uh, 70 AD, the destruction of the temple and the final scattering of Yahweh's people. The 10 tribes had already been scattered and the final two and a half were, were scattered after that. Um, so now here the next week. So after that, in the seventh week shall an apostate generation arise, and I believe this is the time of uh, the fourth beast, the time of Rome, uh, which is pagan Rome, which morphed into um, um, the papal Rome, and which basically destroyed the destroyed the the Torah from uh, from the people and uh, just brought in a completely um, apostate faith and uh, has been ruling ever since. So, And after that, in the seventh week shall an apostate generation arise, and many shall be its deeds, and all its deeds shall be apostate. Now at its close, so at the end of the seventh week, seventh week, at its close shall be elected the elect righteous of the eternal plant of righteousness. The seed of Abraham is the plant of righteousness to receive sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. So I'm here to say that I believe that this is exactly where we are right now. We're at the end of this apostate generation and it said that people will be picked from the seed of Abraham to what? To receive sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. Isn't it interesting that there is a generation rising up and hearkening to his voice like it hasn't happened in probably, what, 1800, 1900 years since the really the, the early church kind of died off and, the Rome, and then Rome took over. So since then, there's probably just been a few people scattered here and there that really kept his covenant well, isn't it interesting these last days that he's waking a people up by the, what, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people uh, to believe in his Messiah, his word, and to keep his commandments like it hasn't been done in so long. And isn't it interesting that for many of us, he's teaching us um, his biblical creation, uh, an understanding of really what's above and really what 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 the earth is like that we're living on. Um, and what his, you know, his career and, you know, leaving the doctrines of science with, uh, and scientism, excuse me, with uh, evolution and, uh, heliocentric, uh, the heliocentric theory and, uh, really going back to what Yahweh has taught. And so I believe that's exactly what's happening here. Now, listen, I believe these people, this generation, um, transitions from the seventh week to the eighth week. Now, listen, and after that, there shall be another, the eighth week, that of righteousness and a sword shall be given to it 
that a righteous judgment shall be executed on the oppressors, and all sinners shall be delivered into the hands of the righteous, and at its close they shall acquire houses through their righteousness. And I believe that this is the many mansions that Yahusha talks about in his father's house, which is, excuse me, is New Jerusalem. So, um, Basically, the theme of the rest of this uh, study is going to be about the sword that is given to the righteous people that hearken and obey unto his word. Praise be to Yahuwah, who is the revealer of wisdom. And quite frankly, the only reason that uh, I'm able to speak any of these things and the only reason that you're even wanting to and can hearken to uh, his truth in these last days. So he gets all the glory. Praise be to the Most High and praise be to him through his son, Messiah Yahusha, the word um, so let's go back to, uh, let's go take a look at this real quick. So speaking of the river being dried up, let's take a look at this. Revelation 7, 2 through 3, I saw another angel ascending from the east. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Um, um, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. I saw another angel ascending from the east. There's no coincidence here. Having the seal of the living Elohim, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the sea, the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our Elohim in their foreheads. And this is one of the big this is one of the many reasons why I believe those that are found righteous and have his Torah within their hearts. And basically as the as the Shema says, Deuteronomy six, those that uh, think about his commandments and do them that it shall be that 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 act shall be as a sign upon their hand and as frontlets between their eyes and it says uh, it's no wonder it says we have sealed the servants of our Elohim in their foreheads. Revelation nine fourteen through fifteen saying saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet loose the four angels which are bound now this isn't bound like in chains or bound like they're um, you know they're you know in prison or anything this is bound like held back the ones that are held back in the great river Euphrates and this is what we're talking about uh, the great river Parath remember the river Parath is another translation for Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Um, I believe that that's what's happening here is this river is being dried up. So, again, just like um, the Israelites, when they crossed the river those two times, they went to the land and they took care of business, uh, of course, uh, by the by the guidance and the power that the Most High gave them. Micah 4.1, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of Yahweh shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto another uh, New Jerusalem verse here. But getting to what I wanted to in Micah 4, uh, verses 11 through 13, Now also many nations are gathered against you. This is going to be a, a big part of the rest of this uh, chapter 16, which is his determination is to gather the nations together to the great day of uh, the great battle, which many know as Armageddon, Harmagidu, um, and uh, we'll get to that actually a little bit later. So now many nations are gathered against you that say, Let her be defiled, and let her eye look upon Zion. But they know not the thoughts of Yahuwah, neither understand they his counsel, for he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, that's his people, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hoofs brass. And thou shalt beat in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto Yahuwah and their substance unto Yahuwah of the whole earth. Uh, listen, Messiah came in humbleness and humility and meekness. He's coming back with ferocity. 
uh, people that believe that he's coming back is some uh, peace-loving hippie. Um, well, he's going to make peace through war, just like it happened before. Isaiah 41, 14 through 16. Uh, actually, we already read this earlier, but again, behold, I'll make you a new threshing instrument having teeth, and you shall thresh the mountains, the nations, the, the exalted people, and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. Micah 5, 7 through 9. And the remnant of Yaakov shall be in the midst of many people as dew from Yahuwah, as the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men. And the remnant of Yaakov shall be among the nations in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion amongst the flock of sheep, who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I want to be part of this army rather than the receiving end of this army. Thine hand shall be lifted up upon thine adversaries, and all thine enemies shall be cut off. Isaiah 5, 26-30, And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far. Again, I believe this is specifically talking about the 144,000. Um, I don't remember exactly what study it was, but it was in the middle of this Revelation study that we went—actually, uh, no, excuse me. Uh, it was in the Isaiah study that we went— um, we went uh, um, really in depth to this. And I will hiss unto them from the ends of the earth, and behold, they shall come with uh, speed swiftly. None shall be weary nor stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, nor the latch of their shoes be broken, whose arrows are sharp and all their bows bent, their horses' hooves shall be counted like flint, and their wheels like a whirlwind. Their roaring shall be like a lion, they shall roar like young lions, yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey, and shall carry it away safe, and none shall deliver it. And in that day shall they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea, and if one look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. Isaiah 13, 1 through, uh, 13, 1 through 13, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, did see, lift ye up a banner, the ensign, banner, sign, upon the high mountain, that's New Jerusalem, so you got the 144,000 on top of New Jerusalem, confirmed by Revelation 14, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand, that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones, I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together, Yahuwah Sevaot, mustereth the host to the battle. They come from a far country. We saw that earlier in Isaiah. From the end of heaven, even, even Yahuwah and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. And I think this is talking about specifically about um, the Levant. How ye, for the day of Yahuwah is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore all shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Behold, the day of Yahuwah cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners out of it. People that are living in that land right now. 
For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth. Remember, we were talking about uh, last week about the uh, the beast and his kingdom shall be full of darkness. I think maybe uh, both spiritual and literal. The moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the gold of the wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place. And in wrath, Yahweh Sevaot in the day of his fierce anger. Uh, hang on, excuse me one second. Give me one second, actually. My apologies. Let's get back into it. So let's take a look at uh, Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. Now you're getting some more specifics about the army. Blow ye the trumpet or shofar in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. So New Jerusalem. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of Yahweh cometh. For it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong there hath not ever been the like, neither shall there be any more after it. Do you think that Yah would give this kind of power to some other people or to his own people? Even to the years of many generations, a fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. Right? Oops. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and of horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their faces, for their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. Remember we were talking about the, the, the beast in his kingdom shall be full of darkness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. We just saw that in the in the previous verse in Isaiah. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and all the stars shall withdraw their shining. And Yahweh shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word, for the day of Yahuwah is great and terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now saith Yahuwah, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And if you want to learn more about turning to him with all your heart, uh, Deuteronomy 6 is the chapter for you. Um, 
and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto Yahweh your Elohim, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Right? Ho knoweth if, if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto Yahweh your Elohim. Blow the, shout, the shofar in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Praise Yah. His word is so clear. And uh, let's see. Let's take a look at this as well. Jeremiah 50, which actually this is the this is the one that Sephora references. Jeremiah 50, uh, verse 38. So we'll read that passage right now. Jeremiah 50, 28 through 40. The voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon. Right? Remember, the, what does is, what is Revelation say? Uh, come out of her, my people. Come out of Babylon, that you be not partakers of her sins. And I believe the people that do come out of Babylon are people coming out of the ways of the world. Um quite frankly, just to be cut to the chase, mainstream Christianity coming out of that false religion and coming to the true religion of, which is belief in Messiah, Husha, and following and walking as he walked, which is walking in obedience to the Torah, the commandments. If you're new, um, I would, uh, there's plenty of playlists that you can catch up really quickly. Uh, just go to playlist section, which I think one of them says, uh, if you're new, start here. And also just go through the Torah portions with me line by line or with somebody else or read it for yourself. Uh, but learn, learn as you go. So the voice of them that have flee and escape out of the land of Babylon to what? To declare in Zion the vengeance of our Elohim, the vengeance of his temple. Call together the archers against Babylon, all ye that bend the bow. Camp against it round about. Let none thereof escape. Recompense her according to her work, according to all that she hath done. Do unto her, for she hath been proud against Yahuwah, against the Holy One of Israel. Therefore shall her young men fall in the streets, and all her men of war shall be cut off in that day, saith Yahuwah. Behold, am I against you, O thou most proud, saith Yahuwah Sevaot, for thy day is come, the time that I will visit you. And the most proud shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up. And I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it shall devour all round about him. Thus saith Yahuwah Sevaot, the children of Israel and the children of Yehudah were oppressed together, and all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. Their Redeemer is strong. Yahuwah Sevaot is his name. He shall thoroughly plead their cause, that he may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. A sword is upon the Chaldeans, saith Yahuwah, and upon the inhabitants of Babylon, which we're going to be talking about the identity of Babylon next week. For those of you that uh, that don't know yet, to cut to the chase, uh, I'm saying that term a lot today. Um, it's Jerusalem. It's always been Jerusalem and always will be Jerusalem. Uh, but we'll be, t we'll be solidifying that next week. And upon her princes and upon her wise men, a sword is upon the liars, and they shall dote. A sword is upon her mighty men, and they shall be dismayed. Which, by the way, also, I think it might be a, a kind of a dual thing. Not only is it the land of Jerusalem there for the final judgment of Jerusalem, because uh, it's no wonder uh, that the that his, the remnant of what used to be his people that have rejected his Messiah have been gathered together into that area. And if that area were to be destroyed... Um, that would be his final vengeance on those people that have rejected him and rejected his Messiah. But also the people that are living in this land that's so-called a land that uh, was founded upon uh, the precepts of the Most High. Uh, I think this could also be like a Jerusalem per se uh, to where this, this land will be utterly annihilated as well. 
A sword is upon their horses and upon their chariots and upon all the mingled people that are in the midst of her, and they shall become as women. A sword is upon her treasures, and they shall be robbed. A drought is upon her waters, and they shall be dried up, for it is the land of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. Therefore the wild beasts of the desert with the wild beasts of the islands shall dwell there, and the owls shall, shall dwell therein, and it shall be no more inhabited forever, neither shall it be dwelt from generation to generation. Why? Why would this happen? If you're like, oh, Adam, okay, Jerusalem, you know, why would that not be inhabited forever? Well, because quite frankly, I believe that entire area is going to be destroyed by fire, and then once it's cleansed by fire, New Jerusalem is going to sit down where she belongs, and that's why nobody will dwell in physical Jerusalem ever again because it'll be replaced by new Yerushalayim. As Elohim overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof, saith Yahuwah, so shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. And just to finish up here with Jeremiah 50, verses 43 through 46, the king of Babylon hath heard the report of them, and his hands are waxed feeble, anguish took hold of him, and pangs as of a woman in travail. Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the swelling of Jordan unto the habitations of the strong, but I will make them suddenly run away from her. And who is a chosen man that I may appoint over her? Notice, like, they're coming from the river, right? The dried up river. Um, For who is like me? And who will appoint me the time? And who is that shepherd that I will that will stand before me? Therefore hear ye the counsel of Yahuwah that he taketh against Babylon and his purposes that he hath purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitations desolate with them. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved and the cry is heard among the nations. We just saw this in um, what, Isaiah 13 that when this happens, when this army comes out, that the, na the nations are going to shake, the earth is going to shake. And uh, everybody is going to be scared out of their minds. Okay, we're going to talk more about this topic here in a second, but let's read Revelation uh, 13, uh, 16, 13 through 14. And I saw three unclean ruachot, that spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits, the ruachot, of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of Yahuwah Sevaot. So let's talk about this was actually prophesied to happen, right? These spirits of devils working miracles, which go unto the kings of the earth, right? So it is Enoch chapter, what is this, 56? And it's right here. And in those days the angels shall return and what hurl themselves to the east upon the Parthians and the Medes and they shall stir up the kings so that a spirit of unrest shall come upon them right so this is the spirits of devils working and they shall rouse them from their land uh, their thrones that they might break forth as lions from their lairs and as hunger wolves among their flocks and they shall go up and tread underfoot the land of his elect ones and the land of his elect shall be before them a threshing floor and a highway but the city of my righteous shall be a hindrance to their horses so this is the other take you can, the other look that you can, uh, uh, you can see for this as well, um, because once New Jerusalem sits down, the kings of the world essentially are going to gather against her, um, which we're going to see at the end of this chapter. But let's take a look a closer look at these frogs here, uh, Exodus eight one through seven, and as we saw last week, there's a lot of parallels with the plagues of Egypt, and it's going to happen again. Afterward, Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Go unto Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith Yahuwah, 
let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou wilt not let them go, behold, I will smite all thy country with frogs. And the river shall crawl full of frogs, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy chamber where thou sleepest and upon thy bed and to, into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thy ovens and into thy kneading troughs. Yea, the frogs shall climb upon you and on thy people and upon all thy servants. Also, Yahweh said to Moshe, Say thou unto Aharon, Stretch out thine hand with thy rod upon the streams, upon the rivers, and upon the ponds, and cause frogs to come upon the whole land of Egypt. Then Aharon stretched out his hand upon the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the sorcerers did likewise with their sorceries and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. So we can see here that evil people, that the, the wicked enchanters or, or uh, magicians, if you willed, uh, they were able to duplicate this. So this is a miracle that um, the evil, uh, the evil people will be allowed to do. <laughs> the evil people, uh, the wicked, will would be allowed to do. And so that's exactly what we see here. Um, you see the um, the unclean spirits, like frogs, coming in out of the mouth uh, of these three, and um, <clears throat> they're working miracles. So you can see here they'll be able to work counterfeit miracles just like um, the magicians for Pharaoh that kept him hardening his heart and not allowing him to repent. Well, the Most High, you know, did that as well. Um, actually, what am I doing here? Okay, Revelation 13, 12 through 15. And he did all that the first beast could do before him, and he caused the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he did great wonders, right, great signs, miracles, so that he made fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceived them that dwell on the earth by the signs which were permitted to, uh, to do for him to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they, they should make the image of the beast which had the wound of the sword and did live. And it was permitted to him to give a spirit unto the image of the beast so that the image of the beast should both speak and should cause as many as would not worship the, the image of the beast should be killed. So anyways, point being here is that there will be counterfeit um, signs will be allowed uh, for the deceiving of the people that uh, did not have Messiah and the Torah within their hearts. Let's take a look at uh, one more interesting little piece here. This is... Uh, well, it's not pulling up. Maybe it's not. Maybe we're not supposed to read it then. Uh, it was just a little thing, a snippet in the book of Jasher, which uh, basically just said that the the frogs, like literally, were like inside, uh, like like were inside people's uh, you know bellies and stuff. So, but it did say in Revelation that the these frogs, the spirits, like frogs, came out of the mouth. So, pretty interesting. Well, I guess we'll just skip it because that's not working. So. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that we've said this many times. I believe we're in a, living in a time where the angels have uh, returned and have gone to the kings of the earth and are uh, have given wicked counsel. But this is all the plan of the Most High. Uh, what is it? Revelation seventeen seventeen basically says that um, the Most High has put all these plans in all the enemies' hearts, so that what to fulfill His will and to agree and to give their kings un, unto the beast. And quite frankly, so that the the beast can gather the kings of the earth together uh, to this great day, which we're going to read about here in a second. Actually, verse 16, which says he gathered them together uh, into the place uh, called Armageddon, Har or what most people know as Armageddon. See, Mutri has got an interesting take on this, but we'll talk about that in a second. So let's look at verse 15. Um, actually, I'm sorry, the second part of this, to gather, I'm sorry, 
which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world, what to gather them to the battle of that great day of Yahuwah Sebaot. So verse 14 and 16 go hand in hand. So we'll revisit this in a second. Let's pause though in, in between and go to uh, verse 15, which says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and guards his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So this is a big one, and this is something really, this is quite frankly the most important part of this uh, series, because or this study, because it really doesn't matter uh, what all these other pieces are, because if you're not ready, you're going to be on the wrong side of things, and it, it doesn't matter what you think you know, because if you don't know this part, uh, what it means to watch and to guard your garments, well, I think we're missing really the overarching point of what all this really means. So let's take a look at this, and first, let's take a look at the word here that was used to watch. Well, I guess maybe my internet's down. How's that working? Hmm. Give me just a second here. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at this. Huh. Why isn't that working? Well, um, long story short, this, uh, this word... Um, is this word shamar to watch is, uh, well, I'll let the verses speak for themselves. Let's read some verses that will really expound on this. Matthew 24, 37 through 51, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and given in marriage until that day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Adonai does come. But know this, now he's going to kind of explain, know this, and if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready, that's the whole point of this is to be ready, just like the wise and the foolish versions. Some were ready, some were not ready. <clears throat> For in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Adonai hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Right? So feeding his people, and it could be literally feeding, could be feeding the truth, clothing the naked, um, taking care of the orphan, the widow, doing judgment, doing righteousness. Blessed is that servant whom his Adonai, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So we're going to be talking quite a bit about uh, what it means to be blessed. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Adonai delays his coming, he's not coming anytime soon. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken. The Adonai of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we're going to see exactly what that looks like here with the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. 
Matthew 25, 1 through 13. I'll kind of just quickly go through this, but this is kind of important. Matthew uh, 25, 1 through 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, this parable Yahushua teaches is predicated on you understanding the first half of, of the scriptures, quite frankly, what people call the Old Testament. And five of them were wise, and if you want to open up the book of Proverbs, um, you will find out very quickly what it means to be wise and what it means to be foolish. And every single time, the wise are those that hearken to his Torah, to hearken to his, to his commandments, and those that are foolish do not. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And we need to understand some uh, some key principles in the scriptures. We know that Proverbs 6.23 says that the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. We also learn from a Leviticus 24.2 that the children of Israel were commanded to bring oil, olive oil, for the lamp to let the light burn continually. It's all a it's all a, it's a parable that the Messiah taught um, that those that understand the scriptures could understand them. So they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Without oil, the light can't burn. So the light of the Torah is not burning within inside of them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Why? So that the light could shine forth, right? And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, so it's like, how can we give you like all this understanding that the Most High has been giving us because we've been seeking him with all of our heart? We can't do that. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but go you rather to them that buy and sell for yourselves. And the scriptures in Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. So what is the truth according to Psalm 119, 142? His truth is the Torah. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward also came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. This is Matthew 21 through 23. Same thing. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered it and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And thankfully, First John 2, 3 states, us herein is how we know that we know him if we keep his commandments and they continue to say he that says i know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar right you guys knew that i'm sure you filled in that blank so what does he say watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man cometh so what does it mean to watch it means to make yourself ready to prepare it's the guarding of his word his Torah, his commandments, his mercies, his judgments, his statutes, his right rulings. Matthew 26, 41, watch, that's that, that word there, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. So we can see here that this watch has a connotation of not going into temptation and going astray from his word. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark thirteen thirty four for the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. First Peter five six through nine humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of Elohim that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now what be sober, which 
this is like a, a readiness of mind. Uh, most of us will think, okay, just don't be drunk. Um, great advice. We should not be drunken. But really, it's a sober-minded. It's like a, a, an alertness, being alert, being ready, uh, being clear-headed. Be sober. Be vigilant. That's actually the same word for uh, this Greek word that's used. Actually, uh, yeah, the Greek word that's used, uh, they just translated it as vigilant here. So, so be watchful because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, sinking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Revelation 2, uh, 3, 2 through 3, be watchful, right? And so the Hebrew word here is shamar. This is the, this was the, uh, this is, uh, uh, one of the words used for watching, and same with Natsar. We'll actually talk about that in a second. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before Elohim. Remember how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent, if thou shalt not watch. Right. So he's telling you, um, right here, here, here's his instructions. Remember therefore how you have received and heard the word, and hold fast to the word, and repent. And what? When you repent, you hearken to his word. And if you shall not watch, so if you don't do all these things, if you don't hearken, you don't repent, you don't keep his word, then I will come upon you as a thief, and you shall not know what hour I shall come upon you. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4. I will stand upon my watch, right? Which this is the... the uh, um, this is the same connotation and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And Yahweh answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. So even though it's taking some time, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, I think this is this. Unfortunately, this was misinterpreted grossly throughout the centuries. And uh, you know, the just living by their faith doesn't mean, oh, I believe in I believe in God, I believe in that He sent His Son, and then go about your way and do and act however you want to act. That has nothing to do with faith. That that is that's called lip service. That is exactly what the Pharisees did. Like, oh, I love God. But didn't do didn't didn't keep his commandments. They were more busy, interested keeping in the commandments of 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 man. So here's a couple of the uh, other uses uh, of this word, uh, this word faith. Psalm thirty three four for the word of Yahweh is right, and all his works are done in truth. It was translated as truth instead of faith. Psalm thirty six five the mercy O Yahweh is in oh, I'm sorry thy mercy O Yahweh is in the heavens and thy faithfulness faithfulness is actually a much better translation of uh, that hebrew word that was used for faith it's actually faithfulness which implies there's action included in that faith not just oh i believe yeah i believe yeah and i just do whatever i want but i believe I, you know that's not it at all and thy faithfulness reacheth reacheth unto the clouds i have not hit psalm 40:10 this is actually a prophecy of yahusha I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation, which is the Torah. Psalm 92, 2, show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Psalm 96, 13, before Yahuwah, before he cometh, 
for he cometh to judge the earth, he shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Again, it's the same word uh, for faith. Psalm 119.86, all thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully, help thou me. So again, this is really the heart of what that word is supposed to mean. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. Proverbs 12.22, lying lips are an abomination to Yahuwah, but they that deal faithfully or truly are his delight. Jeremiah 7.28, but thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of Yahuwah their Elohim, nor receiveth correction. Faithfulness, truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. So, and also one of the, uh, one of the, uh, here this is, I'm sorry, this is the, um, Hebrew word for faith that was translated. It was used actually 49 times and um, uh, only once it was translated as faith, right? Other times, faithful, faithfulness, truth, faithfully, office, which is a duty, um, stability, steady, truly, verily. So truly a firmness, a fidelity, a steadfastness, a steadiness. So when, when the, in the New Testament, when it was completely distorted to mean something else that like, oh, you know, the law is just, no, it's no big deal. Um, you, you're saved by your faith. Well, what does that even mean? It's again, it's faith. Say being saved by faith doesn't mean, oh, I believe in the historical, um, figure named, um, you know, or the son of Elohim and, uh, yeah, I believe. You know, I believe. Um, do you keep any of his commands? No, but I, I have faith. Like, no, that's that's definitely not it. You know, and I'm, that's the extreme, of course, because you know people that they are stuck in mainstream Christianity or what I call churchianity. Um, <clears throat> they believe they're keeping the commandments, right? Which is to love God and to love people. But unfortunately, uh, the true definition of what it means to love Elohim, how he wants it, he tells us how he wants us to love him, which is to have all of his uh, his commandments within our heart, period. That's the end of the story. Like when you go to like uh, Revelation 2 where it says Ephesus, you have left your first love. People are like, oh, you've left, you've left Messiah, your first love. That's not true. Well, yes and no. That's actually a really deep study because um, I believe it was Messiah who was always doing the will of the Father, and I believe he was the one that actually gave the whoops, gave the commandments to the children of Israel. I believe he was, uh, it said that nothing was created without him. I believe he formed Adam. I believe that he was on Mount Sinai. I believe that uh, he was the, the, the fire in the bush. He was the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. Um, you know, um, Genesis 15, when uh, he's talking to Abraham, giving him the covenant, um, it said the word of Yahuwah came unto him, and you know, um, so he's he's been with us since the beginning. So, but uh, point being is that um, you know we are to hearken to his ways. I mean, that's just that's just the plain that's the plain truth. Anybody that tells you otherwise fails the Deuteronomy thirteen test, and um, is unfortunately going to be in. A world of pain and sorrow and hurt when all this goes down and they are found as the foolish versions which did not make themselves ready according to the word of the Most High. So again, firmness, fidelity, steadfastness, steadiness. This is a tr a true faith looks like. Um, yeah. Yeah, faithfulness in fulfilling promises. So... Any case, all right. Let's keep going. Um, and oh yeah, and one of the other, uh, you know, 
other uh, words associated with um, watching is Natsar, which is the root word for Natsarim, for those of you that understand that uh, terminology. But uh, Shamar, we're to Shamar, we're to, we're to Shamar his ways. And let's talk about that. So we saw earlier, it was said that blessed is he. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Luke eleven twenty eight says, but he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of Elohim and keep it, shamar it, right? John twenty twenty nine. Yahusha saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast, hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet have believed. Psalm 41, 1. Blessed is he that considereth the poor, Yahweh will deliver him in time of trouble. Daniel 12, 12. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the 1,335 days. Someone actually just asked me earlier what I believe about these, this time frame. Um, can't say off the top of my head. But uh, anyways, but the point is, blessed is he that waits, waits, watches, guards, and shamars his ways, that keeps his ways. Luke fourteen fifteen. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of Elohim. And you'll notice that all these... Uh, the end result is abiding in New Jerusalem. Revelation 1.3, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep. And shamar, well, this is Greek, but still this is the same. This is the, the equivalent of the Hebrew word shamar. Keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Revelation 22.7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the pro um, the prophecies of this book. Revelation 22, 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Psalm 65, 4, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto you, that he may dwell in your courts, and we shall be satisfied with the goodness of the house, even thy holy temple. Again, New Jerusalem. Isaiah 30, 18, And therefore will Yahuwah wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore he will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For Yahuwah is an Elohim of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. Matthew 24, 45-47, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Adonai hath made ruler over his household to give them meat into his due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Adonai, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler all over all his goods. You make him a king, right? Makes kings and priests. James 1.12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which Yahweh has promised to them that love him. And right, we're talking about that. How do we love him? We don't just say, oh, I just love you so much. And I'm just going to go about my life how I want to go about it. It doesn't work like that. Psalm 106.3, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Self-explanatory. Psalm 19.2, Blessed are they that keep, that shamar his testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. Again, it's all about the, 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 the shema, right? To uh, love Yahuwah with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And how do we do that? By keeping his commandments. It's simple, very simple. Psalm 84, 4, Blessed are all they that dwell in thy house. They will be they will be still praising you. I don't know about you, but I want to dwell in his house. I want to be blessed. It's time to keep his commandments. Proverbs eight thirty two. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children. Blessed are they that shamar my ways, that keep my ways. Matthew 5, 3 through 12. This is the... 
Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what the kingdom of heaven. That's all. It's always leading to that. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted in New Jerusalem. Isaiah 66, right? You should be comforted in New Jerusalem as a mother comforts its, its child. I shall comfort you in New Jerusalem, uh, as he says in Isaiah Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Why? Because they'll be reigning from New Jerusalem. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, after the Torah, for they shall be filled with the Torah in their heart. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Right? Mercy will be found within the walls of New Jerusalem. Blessed are the pure in heart, for what? They shall see Elohim. Right? And we know that those that are found within the walls shall see him. And I don't know about you, but literally that is like, the desire of my heart is to dwell in his house all the days of my life. It's a psalm, one of the Psalms says, I think it's Psalm 27. Uh, but I want to see him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of Elohim. Right? In, in Revelation, he says, uh, And he shall be called my son, and he shall inherit all things. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There, is it, there it is again. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Righteousness, Psalm 119, 142, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy Torah is the truth. Brothers and sisters, if you haven't noticed yet, the Torah is the end goal. It is the honeypot. This is what we've been waiting for our entire lives. This is what, um, this is, this is the treasure chest, if you haven't noticed yet. All the stuff that we've learned up until this point is was breadcrumbs leading to us to this trail of this treasure trove. Yahuwah giving us the eyes to see his Torah and and even the heart to want to keep it, that's everything. And you'll say, oh, Adam, what, well, Messiah is everything. Well, I agree, but Messiah is the Torah. He literally was the Torah made flesh. He was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. He is the Torah. He is the word. So when you love the Torah, you are loving the Word. You are loving Messiah Yahusha. You know, when people say, oh, you're focusing on the law too much. You need to focus on Jesus. Well, we say, well, we focus on Yahusha. And by doing so, we, we focus on the Torah. Because that is, he is the express image of Elohim. The Torah is his ways. It's his expression of his character. It's his character revealed. Blessed are they which are persecuted for, might as well say, the Torah's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If any of you suffer any persecution in any measure, count yourself blessed. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say, all men are of evil against you falsely for my sake. Who is his sake? Who is for What is for Yahushua's sake? He's the word. So if someone's like mocking you because you want to eat biblically clean or because you want to take the Sabbath off or you want to take the, the, the festival days off, the seven feast days of the Most High, or you got these strings hanging from your pants, right? People are like, what are you, why? Like, the, you know, what are you, what are you, Jew? What are you going, are you putting yourself back under the law? You putting yourself back under the schoolmaster? You know? What, what, what are you, you keeping the Torah? You're, then, then, then Christ has died in vain. Nah. It's all foolishness. All of it. What is it you should say <laughs> when that kind of stuff happens to you? 
I've heard from some of you. Some of you have lost your children. You've lost your marriages. Some of you have lost your jobs over it. Some of you have lost your family, like your your parents, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents. They want nothing to do with you because they you might as well be a, a person that practices witchcraft in their eyes, right? They think this is evil. Woe to them that call evil or call what's good evil and evil good. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, says Yahushua, for great is your reward in heaven, which the kingdom of heaven is New Jerusalem, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Hallelujah. Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be what? Priests of Elohim and of Mashiach, and shall reign as kings with him a thousand years. Revelation 19, 9, And he saith, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of Elohim. So I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. And quite frankly, his word is pretty simple on how we do that. Verse 16, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Ivrit, that's the Hebrew tongue, Har Megiddo, also known as Armageddon, but which is not a place anywhere. Uh, it really should read Har, Har Megiddo or Har, if you're Steve Mutria, uh, he's got an interesting take on it, Har Moed, which Moed, the, the, the mountain of the festivals, which would be Mount Sinai. Uh, so it's either Har Megiddo or Mount, uh, Mount Zion, or I'm sorry, um, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, if you will. Um, I don't have a dog in that fight. I'm just wanting to be a part of this. So I, I don't, I don't uh, really have much to say on that. But uh, I know Steve does have an interesting take on that. Uh, let's read a couple of verses regarding this. And remember, so gather them together. So what is it talking about right here? Remember back to verse 14. Which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of Yahweh which... Um, that's going to be quite a day. Let's read some passages about that. Zechariah 12, 1 through 11. The burden of the word of Yahuwah for Israel, saith Yahuwah, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem, might as well say New Jerusalem, a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege both against Yehuda and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, right? This is the gathering of the nations together, right? What? So he can execute vengeance on them. Through all the people of the earth, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith Yahweh, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. I will open my eyes upon the house of Yahudah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Yahudah shall say in their hearts, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength, and Yahuwah Sevaot their Elohim. In that day I will make the governors of Judah like an hearth of fire. Now this is interesting. This ties into what we studied during uh, chapter 11 and last week about how his people, his witnesses, um, it's they're going to be like destroying people to fire. And it says, They shall be like the hearth of fire among the wood and a torch of fire in a sheaf. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. So isn't that weird? So basically what this is saying is New Jerusalem will be on Jerusalem. 
So that's what I was kind of saying earlier about how I believe New Jerusalem will be set down on the Levant area. And if the Levant area is basically the Genesis 15 promise to Abraham that his seed would dwell there forever. And that's the outlying area in which Jerusalem kind of being the center point of it. And that's where New Jerusalem, I believe, will set upon it. And Yahweh shall also say the tents of Yehuda first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem should do not magnify themselves against Yehuda. In that day shall Yahweh defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. That's powerful. And the house of David shall be as Elohim, as the angel of Yahweh before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Which, by the way, this is huge. The house of David shall be as Elohim, as the angel of Yahweh before them. So they're going to have strength like an angel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And in that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadad Ramon in the valley of Megiddo. So that's interesting, right? And Zephaniah 3, 6 through 8, I have cut off the nations, their towers are desolate, I made their streets waste, that none passeth by, their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, that there is none inhabitant, I said, surely that will fear me, that will receive instruction, so their dwelling should not be cut off howsoever I punish them. But they rose early and corrupted all their doings. Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith Yahuwah, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. So don't fear the new world order. He's literally allowing the new world order to be created so that he can destroy them. Fear not, my brothers and sisters. Haggai 2.22 And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. I will, and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horse and the riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. It's, it's the song of Moshe all over again. Revelation 19, 19 through 21, And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taking, taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the wren that were slain with the sword of him that sat up on the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. It's going to be a rough day for some people. Now we're going to take a look at the Targums, uh, the Psalms, Psalm 2. Why are the Gentiles disturbed, the nations, right? The nations murmuring vanity. The kings of the earth arise, and the rulers will join together to rebel in Yahuwah's presence and to strive against his anointed, his Messiah. They say, let us break their bonds and let us throw off their chains from us. The one who sits in heaven will laugh. The word of Yahuwah will mock at them. Then he will speak to them in his strength, and he, in his wrath he will frighten them. I have anointed my king and appointed him over my sanctuary. I will tell of the covenant of Yahweh. He said, You are as a dear to me as a son of the father, pure as if this day I had begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the riches of the nations as your inheritance. 
the rulers of the ends of the earth as your holding. Uh, let's go actually now also to Psalm 48. This is a little clearer. Yep, here we go. So imagine New Jerusalem comes down. It's a bright shining light. People are afraid out of their minds. Here we go. Psalm 48, a song and a song by the sons of Korah. Great is Yahuwah and very praiseworthy in Yerushalayim, New Jerusalem, the city of our Elohim and on the mount of his sanctuary. Beautiful as a bridegroom, the joy of all the inhabitants of the earth, Mount Zion on the north side, the city of the great king. Yahuwah is in its palaces. It is known for strength. For behold, the kings have joined forces. There's a new world order. They have passed by together. They have seen. They So they were amazed at the miracles and wonders. They were astonished. Yea, they fled. Trembling seized them there. Agitation like a woman giving birth with an east wind strong as fire from the presence of Yahuwah. You will shatter the ships of Tarshish. The children of Israel will say, Just as we have heard, so we have seen in the city of Yahuwah Sebaot, in the city of our Elohim, Yahuwah will establish it forever and ever. Make us worthy, O Yahuwah, of your goodness in the midst of your temple. As your name, O Yahuwah, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of generosity. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the assemblies of the house of Yahudah rejoice with psalms because of your judgments. Surround Zion. Let them rejoice and encircle her. Number her towers. Set your mind on her throngs above, even on the, her citadels, that you may tell it to another generation. For this, Yahuwah, he is our Elohim. His presence is in the midst of is in the midst, and his dwelling is in heaven forever and ever, and he will guide us in the days of our youth. So praise be to the Most High for that. And uh, we got one more section here. Uh, this is just a little clearer vision of what it looks like. Basically, Yahushua is going to come down with uh, New Jerusalem. I believe he's going to gather his 144,000 together. And the nations are like, this is the enemy. We need to get them. That's the whole reason for the alien agenda for Hollywood uh, with evil aliens and the world banding together and taking down the threat. Independence Day is probably the best example I have of what Satan's trying to put in the minds of people when all these fantastic things happen in the air and people are going to be scared out of their minds and they're going to think of these movies. To Ezra's 13, 29 through 28, Behold, the days are coming when the Most High will deliver those who are on the earth and bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth. So bewilderment of mind. They're just going to be crazed out of their mind and they shall make a plan to make war against one another, city against city, place against place, people against people, kingdom against kingdom, right? This Matthew 24 stuff. And when these things come to pass and signs occur, which I showed you before, then my son will be revealed, whom you saw as a man coming up out of the sea. And when all the nations hear his voice, every man shall leave his own land and the warfare that they have against one another. And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together, as you saw, desiring to come and conquer him. But he will stand on top of Mount Zion, and Zion will come and be made manifest to all people. So New Jerusalem will come and be made manifest to all people, prepared and built as you saw the mountain carved out without hands. And he, my son, will reprove the assembled nations for their ungodliness. This was symbolized by the storm and will reproach them to their face with their evil thoughts and the torments with which they are to be tortured, which were symbolized by the flames and will destroy them without effort by the Torah which was symbolized by the fire. So, brothers and sisters, what's the moral of the story tonight? Uh, well, we should fear Yah and keep his commandments because as Ecclesiastes says, this is the whole duty of man. So, 
brothers and sisters, I pray this was a blessing for you. Maybe you gleaned something new. Maybe you, just, maybe you didn't. Maybe I challenged some of the things that you currently hold as truth. Uh, nevertheless, regardless, take it to the Most High in prayer, and He will show you what is truth. If the Holy Spirit is within you, the Ruach HaKodesh, He will show you what is truth. So, Let's pray, and we're going to end with the song of Moshe. We're going to pray uh, through the the. Uh, we're going to bless each other with the uh, Aharonic blessing, and uh, we will end with the song of Moshe, which is so prophetic for the end. It's amazing. So, Heavenly Father Yahuwah Most High, we just thank you for this time together in your Word. We pray that you continue to open our eyes and ears to your truth, that we may understand. And we may obey your word and be found as the wise virgins. Uh, we want to be found uh, faithful, watchful, uh, and, and just ready uh, as the wise virgins are that will go in with Yahusha. We bless you. We thank you. And we just ask you to bless us and our families, our households, uh, that we may do what is right in your sight. We love you. And we uh, are we're waiting for you, as the scriptures say. We send you a multitude of hallelujahs, but certainly um, a feeble attempt at what you are deserving of. We love you. Uh, amen. And hallelujah. <clears throat> Vehuneka Yese Yahua Panabelecha Veasem Lecha Shalom Yahua bless you and keep you. Yahua make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahua lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. We'll see you in the Torah portions shortly. Shalom. I sing to Yahuwah, for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and He has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise Him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O oh Yahuwah, has 
crush the enemy And in the greatness of your excellence You pulled down those who rose up against you You sent forth your wrath It consumed them like stubble And with the wind of your nostrils The waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword My hand destroys them You blew with your wind, the sea covered them They sank like lead in the mighty waters Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones Who is like you? Great in Kodeshah Awesome in praises Working wonders You stretched out your right hand The earth swallowed them In your kindness You led the people Whom you have redeemed In your strength You guided them To your Kodesh dwelling Peoples heard They trembled Anguish gripped The inhabitants of Pelasheth Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, oh, Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, oh, Yahuwah. Which you have made for your own dwelling The meek dash, O Yahuwah Which your hands have prepared Yahuwah reigns forever And ever